Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hi, this is Jen. I'm here with Teaching Tidbit 14, Using Film in the Classroom. So as a movie buff, I am always excited for the chance to use film in the classroom, not just as an assignment when you're gone, but as another way to reinforce some of the analysis and interpretation that we want students to do when they're reading. So I will say I have much more experience with this with older students. I do think that you could incorporate parts of what I'm going to talk about with younger students, but I think you would have to employ some of these techniques carefully and younger students may need more support. So I love to talk to students just explicitly about different techniques of analyzing film. Roger Ebert is and always will be my absolute favorite film critic. And he has a phenomenal essay, How to Read a Movie, that I often share with students because he talks about different things to look for, things to consider, how you analyze the way a shot is framed or how a director might use sound in a film. So providing that sort of basis for students' analysis can just help give them the tools and start giving them ideas about what to look for as you're analyzing a film. I have taught film in a number of ways and for another of reasons in my classroom. So one thing I like to do is to teach filmed versions of plays. While I think it can be useful to read a play in class or to assign plays for at-home reading, I think that doesn't really replicate the experience we want students to have when they're experiencing a play and you can't take a field trip every time you want to see a play, though I do endorse field trips to go see plays. So if you can find a great version of a play that's been filmed and then accent that with particular parts of the play that you want them to focus on, that can be really useful. Or you can talk about, I did this recently, what's different in the play and the film and why might those choices have been made? How does it help us to understand the characters differently than what was in the play originally? I think it's also great to just show a film for itself and to just present that as a different type of text that it's useful for students to know how to read. And again, I think that those skills that they build transfer. I do think sometimes students approach film differently. Sometimes they may be more open to analysis than they are in a text or as if they're experienced viewers, they may have some scaffolding already to deep analysis. It can also be great depending on your time. Like I didn't have time to do that this year because I see my students so seldom. But in years past, I will show more than one film by the same playwright based on the same playwright's work and allow students to get a sense of style. And that can be a really great way instead of making students read two novels that they can get a sense of how an author's style or playwright style in this case can transcend a single work. 
So I love to do that with Tennessee Williams. There are some great film adaptations of his plays that are really rich and that, again, just allow students to see how, for example, he might build characters in similar ways or he might have themes that transfer across his works. I also, when teaching Shakespeare, have shown more than one film version of particular scenes. And so I think with something like that, Shakespeare had very few stage directions. And so to see how different directors envision the way characters act or even where they are at particular times. I'm thinking of Hamlet here where there will be scenes in one version of a film where Hamlet overhears something and in another version he doesn't. Well, that has big impact on what happens in the rest of the film and on decisions he makes. You can analyze differently just because of the way that the director interprets that stage direction differently. I think all of those are really rich things that you can do with film and good reasons to use film in your classroom. I think sometimes from the outside, those can seem like days off or they can seem somehow not serious or as if you're just letting kids watch movies. But I think it's one of the more valuable things I can do. I just did this recently with my own students and their analyses and their interpretations and the things that they noticed were just it just really inspired a lot of awe. I, I really loved the way that they were interpreting the films that we were watching. I do think it takes a lot of pausing. I don't recommend just letting them watch the whole film all the way through. And I like to stop early on to model the kind of thinking I'm doing and the things that I'm noticing, the way different clips of music are used throughout a film or the way light and shadow are used. If the director decided to film in black and white, why? What does that emphasize that color would not have emphasized? I think you can look at characters' entrances can be a fabulous way to establish their character early on. So why did the director choose to have the character enter the scene in this way? All of these are great questions that then, again, you can ask the same things in a short story or in a novel. You know, how is it each character introduced and why? And what does that set us up to think about that character? So I do want to recommend one really short film that I have used with great success with students. And this one is very short. It's under 10 minutes. And so I like to show it once straight through talk about it, and then ask students to watch it again more carefully. The film is called Alma, and it's available on Vimeo. I'll put links to these things that I'm talking about in the show notes. And it is a dialogue-free film. It is animated. It is not for young children, though. So sorry, teachers of younger children. It is a little bit creepy, so you do have to make sure that your audience can handle more sensitive content. But it is absolutely brilliant. The music does a lot of tone setting. And so I've asked students to watch it again and just focus on the sound and then to watch it again and focus on visual clues that they may not have noticed the first time. It's a film that starts and you think it's going to be one thing and then it takes a sharp turn and is something very different. And even though it's quite, quite short, it is a very rich filmed text for students to view and analyze. 
So yeah, I hope if you haven't used film in your classes in quite this way, I think it is an amazing lesson. I think students usually enjoy it, but I also do think it sometimes teaches them to do something that they aren't used to doing, that they are being active viewers of the film in the same way that we ask them to be active readers of a text, that they can really engage with the film and develop theories about the film. And it's one of my favorite things to do with my students. If you have any questions about anything I talked about today, please let me know. And again, you can check out our show notes for links to the Roger Ebert article and the film that I talked about here. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnderbridgePod or on the web at UnderbridgePod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.